Welcome to the Sonship Life again. Here we go. And it is, it is exciting to really be alive. To be alive in a moment uh, where you know that Christ dwells in you and no matter what it looks like on the outside, you know <laughs> whose you are. You know where you come from and you know your destination. You know you're from above. And so today we'll continue, we'll continue, we'll just continue. We continue in the faith, steadfast in the faith. We'll continue just like Paul in, in uh, Colossians command us to continue steadfast in the faith. So we continue. <laughs> Glory be to God. We can't go back. We can't park. We'll continue. We'll go forward in Christ. We have another message because God is so good to us. He's so good to communicate truth to us, to really... To, to, to really set us on a straight course, which is the course of the Word of God, because Jesus, the Word, the living Word, is the way. And so we are today found in the way of His Word. We're found on the way, the upward call of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are found marching, marching as soldiers of Christ, forgetting what was and pressing on, pressing on to attain that for which he has attained us for, which is pure dominion, pure victory, pure resurrection life here and now, here and now. And so we have been talking about firmly established and we talked about being deeply rooted in the word of God, grounded in the word of God, steadfast, immovable, to keep on keeping on in this Christian walk of faith because the just shall live by faith. And from there, we really moved into, it almost felt to me when I heard the title for last Sunday, almost like a little bit of a twist, but it was so right on. It was it was a, a turn in, in a direction that really even astounded me because he brought forth something that even I, until the way he phrased that message from last Sunday, I too, I too had to attain to. And that was be still. Last Sunday's message, be still. In the be still message, what we came into reality and what we came into a greater understanding is what it means to be still in God. And to be still in God is not being, it's not being, uh, just be, just be it till God comes through. Just, 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 just be. Um, whatever that be is, you know, um, we know, we've always known it does not look like being idle. But what does it really look like? And so we took it to Ephesians, Ephesians 6. It's how he put it together for me. In Ephesians 13, he defines stillness as being a place of walking in Christ, a place where you are resisting steadfast in the faith every opportunity opposing voice where you are standing your ground in direct opposition to everything that is not truth which is of the word of God everything that is of a lie you are refusing it and and the connotation of that word um to withstand in in Ephesians 6 13 was to to have a a public position that was 180 degrees the opposite direction of whatever the opposition was. And so it, it looked like a great boldness. And that verse, of course, is, therefore, take up, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I looked at the word withstand in the Greek concordance, in the Strong's concordance, 
And I really did not fully finish that verse last Sunday, so I'm going to go back to it because I wanted to focus on the word stand, which is really in my New King James, the very last word of that verse. Having done all, you stand. But you see, I had to look at the word withstand because in the word withstand, the word stand is in. And if we don't know what withstanding is, then we really would not know what standing is. Withstanding was a direct opposition, a, 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 a true demonstration of Christian reality to be walked out in a very perverse world such as now. That you will stand in polar opposite to the prevailing doctrines, prevailing um, decrees, prevailing thoughts of man, prevailing doctrines of demons. You, you withstand that, withstand that in a public, in a public way. As a truth speaker. A pronouncement of the word of God to be heard through you boldly. That is what a truth speaker is. Not a fault finder, but a truth speaker. Not a condemner, but a truth speaker. A pronouncement of the word of God. The word of God is truth. But you see, before you can become a truth speaker, you have to recognize the truth has to be speaking within you. So we don't use this word as a slingshot or as a, how to say, as a, 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 as a means to correct someone else before having allowed the word to correct us. And so this is really my message today. It flows from the message of be still. And that's a withstanding of all. And, and there I said last week's message in the Be Still that my life flows from the meditations of my thoughts because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And from this place of the thoughts, when we are learning to rule and reign our own thoughts, thus emotions, thus will, which way we decide to go and do our soul, to rule our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. It is from this place of rulership that is internal of you using the word of God as a sword within you to bring forth into subjection every foul voice, every stronghold that you have lived with as a little pet in the back, in the back room somewhere of your mind. That only then are you really qualified, can I say, to be a pronouncer of truth. To the degree that you have stilled yourself, that you've allowed the word to still you. What does that mean? To rule in you. To bring you to a place of trust and confidence. To bring you to a place of a resoluteness of a stand within myself. The word says, therefore, I will not fear. The word says, therefore, I will not worry. The word says, therefore, I refuse to receive and believe the lie that the enemy is throwing my way. It's an internal working of his spirit. It is truly a function of the word of God, the double-edged sword. It is really made for the human heart, for my heart. For your heart in your private meditations of the word and with the word. The word of God. 
The daily, the daily reading of the word of God, not as a religious duty, but as a seeking, a truth seeker seeks truth in the word of God. Doesn't go debate out there and look for another opinion, another way of truth. We know as Christians what the word of God says. His word is truth. And I don't need a second opinion to validate that or to tell me, no, you know, there's many ways, many ways. No, there's only one way. It's the way of the word. Jesus is the way. He is the word. Jesus is the word. He's the very pronouncement of God that when you hear him, when you see him, when you, when you fellowship with him, the word, you're fellowshipping with the Father by the Spirit of the living God. A fellowship of the Spirit of the Holy Spirit is a communion with him, the word, so the Father be seen by you. Thus demonstrated to the world. The title for this message is rule your mind. Rule, R-U-L-E, rule your mind. I can't rule your mind. You can't rule my mind. My husband can't rule my mind. I can't rule my husband's mind. A pastor cannot rule your mind. You, you yourself, you pretty little thing, handsome big thing, whichever way you want to refer yourself to in terms of male or female, in terms of pretty little thing or beautiful thing for a woman or... We know we are made beautiful in his sight. And we're not confused as to who he's made us either. We're not confused as to who we are in him either. Washed by the blood of Christ. Forgiven of our sins. Given a new name, his name, a new identity, new reality, the reality of faith, which is based on the word of God. Rule your mind. Rule your mind was the third phrase I heard the Lord this morning speak to me in my private moments to finalize this title. And it started with steadfast mind, the steadfast mind, and then when I heard the steadfast mind, he then clarified it, ruling your mind. A steadfast mind is a mind that is ruled by the word of God. But you see, you have to take the word of God and you rule your mind. Thus the title, rule your mind. It's not up to God. It's not by you holding your Bible, so loving it and, and cuddling with it. It is by you taking the word of God and putting the word before your eyes and you read and allow the word to speak to you truth and to bring forth a renewing of a sight 
to bring forth a brand new understanding of your life in him now. It's no longer you. It's no longer you and I. It's no longer how we were brought up, how we were not brought up. It's no longer your carnal man. It is the new creation man, the man that is made in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. A formation of reality that is of God. So let's go to... Mm, mm, mm. Well, you know, we're going to start. Well, I know I, I said I was going to finish something in, in Ephesians 3, that verse 6. If, sorry, Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, 13. And then we're going to go to Second Corinthians 10. So if we go back to how I finished last Sunday, Ephesians 6, 13, that verse in the Strong's reads, Therefore, take up the full armor of God. This is part of ruling your mind. You take up the full armor of God. And we tied it to what Paul had written to the Ephesians just early on in chapter 317. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, and verse 18, may be able to comprehend the expanse of the love of God. That that is really what the armor of God is. Being indwelled with the Christman, who is the full expression of the very love of God. The old man is nowhere to be seen in this place of the armor of God. Because the old man is to be reckoned dead, to be given no voice, to be given no voice. How do you not give the old man a voice? What does it sound like? What does it look like to walk in this new man? It looks like ruling your mind. It looks like right here, back to Ephesians 6.13, therefore take up. The full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground and having done everything to stand. And we mentioned that last week that to be able to stand your ground in that word able, that word able, it comes from dunamis, to be able. To be endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. So what we're talking about is a supernatural working of the Spirit that I am to yield to because I am to take up the armor of God. I am to position myself, my thoughts, my meditation in the Word of God. And as I position myself in the Word of God by how I think and how I refuse to think, that is the old way. I used to think I say no more to that. Then at that moment, I'm taking up the armor of God. I'm picking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. At that moment, I'm really making a decision to abide in the true vine. And from this place of His Word abiding richly in me, dwelling in me, permanent residence, having a permanent residence in me. I am endued with power to withstand spiritual entities 
to withstand situations I do not see nor my human mind understands fully. Spiritual, and even the word warfare, we, we, when we say it, we just go and we remember all the little messages we've heard. That has framed a thought process. I tell you what that looks like. It is a mind that has been stilled by the word of God. Many years back, many years back, the Lord had given me an expression of thought. He said, his peace, the training in me that is the umpire of my heart now, looks like violence in the spirit. The stillness that I'm talking about that is found, that is found in Christ, my life being hid with Christ in God, which is really his life, is, is dominion in the spirit realm that we live in. We live in a spirit realm just because your body is put on earth. The purpose for that is to dominate spiritual reality. Your life is not mere flesh and blood. Your reality, your life is to dominate and to align your earthly moment to the heavenly reality of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you will refuse to bow the knee to an earthly moment that's wanting to subject you to bondage again to fear who are you you are a child of God you're born from the one who lives in inapproachable light you're born from God the creator that said in the very beginning light be and light was when he released the pronouncement when the word of God spoke, the Holy Ghost moved and light was. And we have the account of creation. You're born of him. You're born of light for he is light. You're born of love because God is love. You're born of truth because God is truth. You're born again through this incorruptible seed of the word of God. The word of God. The word of God. If that's all I will ever say ever to the very last breath I'll breathe on earth, I'll talk about the word of God and the life of God that is only found in the word of God. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Don't read your Bible through a religious obligation, through a religious lens of doctrines of men, but read your Bible with a heart that is hungry for God, the thirst after righteousness. And the only place that you will know who you are is through the reading of the Word of God. I haven't finished Ephesians 6. I'm just going to go to Romans. Keep your finger in Ephesians 6. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it. We'll finish our course. Just like Paul said, I finished my course. I run this race of faith. Glory be to God. I finished the assignment. That'll be our testimony too. When we live out the full course of this call of God 
but is moving us forward in Christ. In Romans 1, 16 and 17, is truth revealed. For I am not ashamed, Paul said, and neither am I. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For this gospel of Christ that he is not ashamed of, that he's boasting in because he's boasting in the cross of Christ. For it is the gospel of Christ is the power of God. The word of God is the power of God. You want to know the power of God? Know the word of God. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone, not just for us little Christians. We're not little Christians. We are the children of the Most High God. Mighty in Him we are. Strong in His might today we are. But in this gospel is unveiling of truth that leads unto salvation. The power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for everyone who believes. And when we believe, we become Christian. Born again of Christ we are now. Christ's we are now. That's what Paul says to the Corinthians. We are of Christ. We are Christ's. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, for in this gospel of Christ, for in it where the power of God is revealed unto salvation, for in it, in the word of God can I say, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. You will only understand righteousness having a right standing before God because the blood has washed you that you now have a pure conscience because of the blood of Christ that you start stand pure and blameless before God right now. Right now because you're born from God sanctified by His Spirit through the washing, the regeneration of the Word of God, being born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Right now you stand blameless in the sight of God. And this only can become your reality if you abide in the Word of God. If you are not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ because you now believe and in this Gospel the power of God is made wide open to you and I. That we will know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Never to be condemned. Never to feel sorry for ourselves or about ourselves or about little, our little life. How it could be better. We have a brand new life. Brand new life. Brand new life. 
that we are finding out how. Let's finish that verse 17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. From faith to faith. This is a maturing of faith. Faith comes through the hearing of the word of God. Faith comes through the hearing of the word of God. And so we are growing up, you and I, right now, in the understanding of righteousness that we have already been made through Christ. But it is from faith to faith, so be patient in this work of transformation. Be patient as you undergo a mind renewal, as you learn how to rule your mind. But don't give up. Don't get weary in this fight of faith. Don't just stop and think, you know what, you know what, I'm kind of tired right now. Be found in the press. Resist those thoughts of oppression. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So the stronger you are in this revelation of righteousness, that is disclosed to us through the gospel of Christ, that he became sin. Jesus became sin. Jesus became sin. Jesus became sin so that I be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The power of the cross. This is what Christian boldness looks like. A knowing of you being a just man before God. The tomorrow you're not going to be more just because you learned a few more verses. But when you meditate those verses, you grow in stature. You become proficient in ruling your mind and thus ruling your circumstance. If there's chaos, confusion, waiting for another validation, waiting for another confirmation, waiting for, 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 I, I don't know what. What is it called? Prince Charming? A Princess Wonderful? Ruling your mind looks like dominion on earth. And that is what the just living by faith looks like. So let's go, because this is, we're going back to Ephesians 6, 13 in the Strongs. We're going to finish. So we said, that once we have put on the full armor of God, That when the evil day comes, we'll be able, here it is, to stand your ground. You'll be able to stand your ground. That word in my New King James is to withstand. Now, we looked more in depth last Sunday that that word is antistemi. Made up of two words. You can hear anti and stemi. That second word, stemi, is stand that he'll use at the end of that verse in the New King James. To stand. But the, this ver word 
to withstand is really key to knowing what standing is. Standing is, standing is being strong in your conviction. After you have withstood the opposing moment in the evil day, you continue to stand. You continue to stand in that opposition against wickedness. You continue to stand in the reality of righteousness that you have in Christ. And really it's from this reality of righteousness that you're fully persuaded by, that you have found by believing the gospel of Christ. You are, you are withstanding everything that is lower. Every human voice, every demonic incantation, like I say, often. That is what spiritual warfare looks like to me. A revelation of righteousness that is only found in Christ. It's no longer me, myself, and what I can do and what I've messed up and what I've done really good. But what he has done, he became sin that I be made his righteousness here on earth. A child of God. And in this position of being his child, in this new birth, I have been given the right, the authority, the authority to rule and reign and to occupy until he comes. And we see what he says. Will he find faith, Jesus says. Will he find faith when he comes? Will he find the ones that are walking and living by faith that is based on the word of God? They haven't been swayed away from the confidence that they had in the beginning of the truth of his word. So, that you may be able to withstand that is antistemi, to take a complete stand against a 180 degree contrary position, to establish one's position publicly by holding one's ground, refusing to be moved. And then he'll say, and having done all to stand. You keep standing in that withstanding moment. You keep standing in that withstanding moment. And we see that Paul actually used this very word to, to withstand, to, to keep your ground. He used it here against the very, the very disciple of Jesus that walked with Jesus. Peter, in Galatians 2, was it 11? Yes, in Galatians 2, 11. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I would stood him to his face. I would stood him to his face. This is what withstanding looks like. It is public. There is a boldness that comes from the word of God when you hear hypocrisy. When you hear pretense. When you hear lies, I withstood him to his face and his stemmy withstand because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came 
from James, he would eat with the Gentiles, but when they came, he withdrew and separate himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. This is Peter. The one that had that vision with the sheet being brought down from, from heaven, had a vision from God. With all those unclean animals, and God spoke to him, eat. He says, no, no, far be it from me. No, no. What correction came from our vision? You see, that's, that's what I'm talking about. The reality of the word of God can stand the test of time. And visions can keep us so far. Here he is ahead of vision to go to the Gentiles to witness to them. He's departing from them. Doesn't want to associate with them in this moment. Why? For what? A visual appearance. To be well accepted by the brethren. Not to break ranks with, in this moment, the Jews that had come. How quickly, how quickly we can get swayed by public opinion, wanting to be perceived right. We always stand for Jesus. We stand for Jesus. Well, here, Peter, he withdrew from them, separated from them, fearing those who are of the circumcision. And the rest of the, look, look at the danger when we live in compromise and hypocrisy and pretense. Look at the danger of it. The rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him. So even, so that even Barnabas was scared away with their hypocrisy. This is the leaven of the Pharisees, by the way. The traditions of man that we read last week have the power to annul the power of the word of God in your life. Keeping the commandments of man and refusing to submit to the commandments of God. This is, this is what we are to stand in. <laughs> and we see, we see Paul having done it, publicly opposed him to his face. One of the twelve Peter was. Don't cower. Don't fear man. Live before God. So that's what stand looks like. I really wanted to tie it together because last week I did not finish it this way. I did, I, it had gone to be a lengthy message and I, I just cut it short prematurely unaware that I didn't even touch on the last word to stand. But it went as it was supposed to go and here I start again with this to refresh and to, to, to remind ourselves that the stillness is found in the withstanding and it looks like a public opposition to everything that's coming against the word of God. Of the truth, the honesty, the integrity of the word of God. Ruling your mind. So now we can go to 2 Corinthians 10. 
And I want to start from verse one. We tend to start this portion, verse three, but I, I, you know, um, everything in the context sheds a lot more light. So here Paul is writing, 2 Corinthians 10, 1. Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold towards you. But I beg you that when I'm present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some. And we see he can be bold, as he was with Peter, withstanding Peter in the face publicly. So he's saying, I, I really don't want, I want you to receive correction from my letters. Through the meekness of Christ, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, realign your life. I beg you that when I'm present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. We're just mere humans. Just mere humans. For though we walk in the flesh, though Paul walked in the flesh, though you and I walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. There's great deception found in these thoughts that we can formulate. And sometimes they're based on certain teachings. The me of my own little self, I can resist Satan. Me of my own little, me carnal self, carnal self. But you see, as we read in Ephesians 3, uh, 6, 18, that this ability to withstand is of God. When we put on the armor of God, when we have renewed our mind by the word of God, that we are allowing the word, the sword of the spirit to wage war for us. But that is us being engaged by believing the gospel of Christ. So it's not just me of myself in my flesh withstanding Satan. You're kidding me. He eats up my flesh. The confidence the enemy has in our lives, it is our flesh, our carnal ways, our humanity, the frailty of the human thought that is so easily deceived and infiltrated by doctrines of demons. Because we all want to do right. Not realizing because Christ has done it right and said it is finished. Now we live in his rightness. Justification by faith. Justification by faith. Paul writes a lot of it in Galatians. Who has bewitched you? He said you started this by faith and now what? You're going to revert to the old way of keeping traditions? To rule one's mind is to be sober and vigilant. And sobriety and vigilance comes through the word of God. We'll see it here. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal. They're not carnal. They're not carnal. 
Me of my own little self, I, I have nothing to stand in my own carnality to oppose a spiritual foe. But I have a place of engagement I'm to be engaged with, and that is with the word of God. For the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought, bringing every thought and bringing every thought into captivity. Who does it? You within your own self, you do it. You rule your mind by bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. What does that look like? Make it submit to the word of God. Bring every thought into captivity, lest that thought makes you a captive of a lie. Lest that thought makes you captive to bondage, again, to fear. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Verse 7, ski. Verse 7, ski. It really ties it to, to that though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. He says, do not, do you look at things according to the outward appearance? If you're looking at things according to outward appearance, well, this happened, so it must mean that. Well, this didn't happen, so maybe God closed the door. Well, you know, I'm seeing this and this and something else, and so it means this. No, 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 you are in the flesh. You're in the flesh. Do you look at things according to the outward appearance? If anyone is convinced in himself that he is Christ's, let him again consider this in himself, that just as he is Christ, even so we are Christ's. For even if I should boast somewhat more about our authority, which the Lord gave us, look at this authority that God gave him for edification and not for your destruction. You see, when correction comes, this was a moment of correction to the Corinthians, a correction to know that not just mere flesh, that the weapons that they have are of God and not of man. That they're not to look at the outward appearance. Correction is coming forth. This correction is for your edification and not for your destruction. We have it so, so upside down many times. The word of God brings a, brings a chastening to us. The word of God is not to pet our carnal little selves. Well, God loves me just the way I am. Yes, he does. To propel you into the reality of faith alone in Christ. To propel you that you not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ within which is a revelation of righteousness. That you are of God now and not of man. That because you are born again, you are given a right to be a son of the living God. What correction is even in just what I said? 
And that's the correction. He's saying, you're not mere flesh, buddy. You're not. I'm trying to tell to you, and I'm using the meekness of Christ to communicate to you that though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We have an armor that we're to put on, the armor of God. We have a reality to live out with, which is the reality to live out, which is the reality of the word of God by faith. The just shall live by faith. That is what ruling your mind looks like. A constant, a constant awareness, a constant yielding, can I say, to the work of the word of God. Hebrews 11, Hebrews, sorry, Hebrews 4. Actually, in Hebrews 3, on the way to Hebrews 4, I read this. Hebrews 3, 6. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house we are, whose house we are, if we hold fast, Stay steady. Keep the ship moving the right direction. Hold your course. Hold your course in the word of God. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end, firmly established on the foundation of the word of God, firm to the end. That's what Christian victory looks like, firm to the end. It's not over, therefore it means you have to hold fast, firm to the end. There's no giving up. There's no quitting mid-course. He's not pleased with those that shrink back into perdition. He's not pleased. He's going to tell us here in the book of Hebrews later on. But here in, in Hebrews 4, 1, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, a promise remains. The word is given. Christ came. A rest remains. The Sabbath day rest is he himself. When you abide in he himself, the word of God, you are abiding in rest. That is stillness. And that looks like withstanding, withstanding in opposition, everything that is wanting to disturb the peace of God within you. You see, you can't rule your emotions if you're not ruling your mind. If you're allowing your thoughts to be all over the place and then you try to control emotions, it's futile. Or you want to do right, but you really are not in dominion over your mind, which really when I say that, I, 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 I want to say that you do possess the mind of Christ and that is sheer and pure dominion, which is the word of God. Let us fear lest any, any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. 
not being mixed with faith, unbelieving, unbelieving, unbelieving. They think they heard, they did not hear. Wanting their ears to be tickled, they want something more exciting than the Word of God. I want something more relevant, some psychology and psychiatrist. I want to make it through the day. I want to be happy. The rest of faith is a place where you are fully complete in Him. And we are to take heed lest we fall into their example of unbelief. When the word has been given to us. In verse 9, he continues the right of Hebrews. There remains therefore a rest. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us be diligent to enter that rest. Let us be diligent to enter that rest. Let us be diligent to enter that rest. And from what I, I read, Paul write to the Corinthians to take every thought captive. To bring into the obedience of Christ the word of God because the word has been given to us. Be diligent in ruling your mind. Let us be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful. This is it. This is spiritual warfare. The word of God within you. The word of God hid in your heart. The word of God is coming out of your heart through your mouth. For as a man thinks, as you believe from your heart, you're walking it out. The word is living and powerful and sharper than two-edged sword. Piercing even to division of soul and spirit. I wonder if this is God's voice or my voice or the devil's voice. The word of God will give us clarity and sight of joints and marrow, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, and there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. To the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I want to read First Peter and then two verses in Two portions in the Old Testament. First Peter, the steadfast resisting. The steadfast resisting that we're to undertake. That he said in First Peter in the very beginning, in this in, in 1 6, he said, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if indeed be you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness, the purity of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. As the word brings forth this maturity from faith to faith, it is renewing your mind. 
the salvation of your soul. Your mind, your will, and emotions. Your mind. It's being washed daily by the washing of the word of God. And he finishes in chapter 5, verse 6. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. This is it. Again, this is the ruling of the mind. Casting all your care upon him. Every thought of care, every thought of worry, every anxious thought, every fearful thought. Take it captive. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And on the heels of that, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, your opponent, your opponent that you with, to withstand, to oppose in his face, say, no, devil, no. You're under my feet. I know who I'm off. I know all things are working for me because I'm called. I'm called by God to walk out a divine purpose. Because I am a doer of the word of God. I love God. All things are working together for my good. Confidence of an outcome that the word has assured for us. That is living hope. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. A roaring lion, roaring lion. It is in the spirit. Seeking whom he may devour, resist him, resist him. Take hold of your mind, you have an adversary. Though you walk in the flesh, you're not warring according to the flesh. You have weapons that are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are these weapons? The very word of God is a sword. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Resist him, resist him, steadfast in the faith. Be still in God. Let God arise in your mind. Let God arise. Let the word of God arise in your mind and the enemies be scattered. Let's go to Isaiah 26, 3. That's actually what I heard when I heard steadfast mind. This, this verse was coming to me. Isaiah 26, 3. You will, that is God, you will keep him in perfect peace. And we, we have... If you've been around a lot of teaching of the word of God, we understand this is shalom, shalom. It's double peace, shalom, shalom. It's perfect peace, perfect peace. You keep him in perfect peace. The keeping power of God is perfection, perfect peace. But look at it. Whose mind is stayed on you. See me ruling my mind. And me staying my mind on the word of God, staying in the word of God, abiding in the word. 
is allowing God's keeping power to work this perfection of peace within me. Because he trusts in you. Faith. Confidence in the word of God. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. For he brings down those who dwell on high. The lofty city, he lays it low. He lays it low to the ground. He brings it down to the dust. I want to look at that. Those that keep their peace, on, uh, whose mind is stayed on you. That verse in the Strong's read, the steadfast mind. <laughs> a mind that is stayed on him is a steadfast mind. A mind that is stayed on God is a steadfast mind. Not shifting back and forth in the second opinion, third opinion, double-minded. Unstable in all they do, James says, the double-minded. The steadfast of mind you will keep. You keep the ones with the steadfast mind. And we know what we've read here, how we allow our mind to be steadfast by bringing every thought into captivity. This is not you copying out saying, well, I guess my mind is not really steadfast, so God's not going to keep it. Okay, I'm going to go to partition, just let it go anyhow, whatever. No, no, no. I'm reading this at the end of all the verses I already read. Of allowing the word of God to have preeminence over your thoughts. That's what produces a steadfast mind. And this walk of faith, of steadfastness, of stillness in God, is God's keeping power working in you. The steadfast of mind you will keep it in perfect peace because he trusts in you. That Word steadfast is to set the steadfast mind is to lean, to lay, rest, support. That's why I brought the Hebrews four verses there about the rest of faith. When you walk in the rest of faith, when you've entered into the rest of faith, you have, you have possessed the mind of Christ that is a steadfast mind before God. The steadfast of mind. That word mind is actually really a telling word. You want to do a study of it on it. So it's, it's yet, sir, 3336 in the, the Hebrew, the Hebrew, um, and it's yet, sir, and it is this word mind, a form, framing, purpose. You see, your mind is a form. It would take form by that which it hears. A forming. Your mind is in state of flux, ready to be formed and shaped in compliance to that which you allow yourself to hear. That's why the word says faith comes through the hearing of the word of God. And when we hear the word of God, we are, we are being, we're being complied to the image of Christ, the very mind of God. This is what transformation is. A brand new mind that we do have now. A mind, yet, sir, a form, 
framing, purpose. Also, it, it is a, a word that represents, like in, in, in the reference is, is Isaiah 29, 16, but pottery framed by the potter. The mind, pottery framed by the potter. Who is your potter? The word of God is your potter, not the world. A form of a graven image, mind. Form of a graven image. It's amazing. Imagination is also part of its device purpose. Who's holding your imagination? Who is captivating your thoughts? Let it be the word of God. And that's what a steadfast mind looks like. Let's read that verse in the Strong's again. The steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. The next one I want to look up is Hebrews, sorry, Proverbs, Proverbs, Proverbs. 23, I mentioned it briefly last week and even I think this morning, but Proverbs 23, verse 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Double, double speech, not steadfast, hypocrite, pretender. When you live out of pretense, you're unstable in all your ways. When you live out of this moment where your heart is not with God, though with your mouth you're close to God, you're in perfect disobedience. And we read in Hebrews 4, but really it comes from Hebrews 3. The whole chapter is so powerful. Let us be careful lest we fall into the example of the Hebrews of old. That with their hearts, they were so far away from God, and yet they could lip the verses, the Pharisees. The Strong's here is, hmm, actually the King James is, for us he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, says he to thee, but his heart is not with you, not with thee. Berean study Bible, for he is keeping track, inwardly counting the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The ERV, English Revised. For us, he reckoned within himself, as he calculated, that word is to calculate as well, to reckon, to think. For us, he reckoned within himself, so is he, eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart's not with you. The Young's literal, I like this. For us, he had thought in his soul. For us, he had thought in his soul, his mind, will, his emotions. As he had thought, as a thought had captivated him and molded him, so is he. So is he. 
What has captivated and molded your thoughts? That's how you will be. And so now we're to take captive of all those thoughts and bring them into the obedience of the word of God to the word of God be the molder and the former. So that which we think and say of one accord, steadfast in the faith, of steadfast minds, in rulership of our thoughts. For as he had thought in his soul, so is he. Eat and drink, says he to thee, and his heart is not with thee. The, the word to think in the strong Hebrew concordance is he's keeping track, reasoning out, the reasoning, the internal reasonings, calculate, reckoning, estimate, to calculate. What are you calculating in your mind? How, how, how are you going to get yourself further in life? But yet outside, I trust God, I trust God. God's got me. He's got a plan. I'm walking out. Let us be of one mind, the mind of Christ. Let us be of one thought, the thought of the word of God. Let us be fully submitted to the working of the word of God. They'll make us a doer of righteousness on earth. Glory be to God. We're done for this day. Amen. Amen.